Her muscles had been strengthened to a level that would allow her to keep up with a terrestrial panther on its kill run, and that was before bionic augmentation kicked in. However, it was her mind that had undergone the greatest evolution. She'd stopped short of bioneural profiling simply because she didn't need any genetic reinforcement to her beliefs. Worship was a crude term for thought processes, but she was certainly devoted to her cause. She had dedicated herself completely to the accelerators at a fully emotional level. The old human concerns and biological imperatives simply didn't affect her anymore. Her intellect was involved solely with the faction and its goal. For the past fifty years, their projects and plans had been all that triggered her satisfaction and suffering. Her integration was total. She was the epitome of accelerator values. That was why she'd been chosen to fly the ship by the faction leader, Ilanthi, on this mission. That, and that alone, made her content. The ship began to slow as it approached the coordinates Neskia had supplied to the smart core. Speed ebbed away until it hung inertly in trans-dimensional suspension, while her navigation display showed the Sol system twenty-three light-years away. The distance was comfortable. They were outside the comprehensive sensor mesh surrounding humanity's birth world, yet she could be there in less than thirty minutes. Neskia ordered the smart core to run a passive scan. Other than interstellar dust and the odd frozen comet, there was no detectable mass within three light years. Certainly there were no ships. However, the scan picked up a tiny specific anomaly, which caused her to smile in tight satisfaction. All around the ship, ultra-drives were holding themselves in trans-dimensional suspension, undetectable except for that one deliberate signal. You had to know what to search for to find it, and nobody would be looking for anything out here, let alone ultra-drives. The ship confirmed there were eight thousand of the machines holding position as they awaited instructions. Neskia established a communication link to them and ran a swift function check. The swarm was ready. She settled down to wait for Ilanthi's next call. The Exo Protectorate Council meeting ended, and Casimir cancelled the link to the perceptual conference room. He was alone in his office atop Pentagon Two, with nowhere to go. The deterrence fleet had to be launched. There was no question of that now. Nothing else could deal with the approaching Ocasan Empire Armada without an unacceptable loss of life on both sides. And if news that the Ocasans were backed up by prime warships leaked out, which it would, Ilanthi would see to that. No choice. He straightened the recalcitrant silver braid collar on his dress uniform one last time as he walked over to the sweeping window and looked down on the lush parkland of Babuyan Atoll. A gentle radiance was shining down on it, emitted from the crystal dome curving overhead. Even so, he could still see Aikalanis's misty crescent through the ersatz dawn. The sight was one he'd seen countless times during his tenure. He'd always taken it for granted. Now he wondered if he'd ever see it again. For a true military man, the thought wasn't unusual. In fact, it was quite a proud pedigree. His U-shadow opened a link to Paula. We're deploying the deterrence fleet against the Ockersons, he told her. Oh dear, I take it the last capture mission didn't work then? No, the prime ship exploded when we took it out of hyperspace. Damn, suicide isn't part of the prime psychological makeup.
You know that, and I know that. ANA, governance, knows that too, of course, but as always it needs proof, not circumstantial evidence. Are you going with the fleet? Casimir couldn't help but smile at the question. If only you knew. Yes, I'm going with the fleet. Good luck. I want you to try and turn this against her. They'll be out there watching. Any chance you can detect them first? We'll certainly try. He squinted at the industrial station circling around High Angel, a slim, sparkling silver bracelet against the starfield. I heard about Elezalin. Yeah. Digby didn't have any options. ANA is sending a forensic team. If they can work out what Chatfield was carrying, we might be able to haul the accelerators into court before you reach the Ockersons. I don't think so. But I have some news for you. Yes?